Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre K Twelve Education Talk Radio, and it's uh, amazingly February twenty eighth, but it's not the last day of February. Of course, it's leap year two thousand twenty four, so we have a February twenty ninth. How about that? That's tomorrow. All right. At any rate, welcome to Pre K Twelve Education Talk Radio. We have a show for you today with uh, my friend Bert Snow, who's been here before. He works a lot with the uh, creating programs with the Library of Congress. He does other things as well for children. They did, we did a show a, a few months ago about the uh, music, the United States Music of U.S. or Us, Music of Us Project, which was really cool. It's also the Library of Congress. And he also, just during that show, mentioned that he also worked on something called Kid Citizen, which is not the name of a wrestler at the WWF, KidCitizen.net. You can see it there. It's a Library of Congress sponsored K twelve K K K twelve K five citizenship program, and uh, it's either that or it helps. Uh, it it either helps young children understand Congress or it helps Congress to stop acting like young children. We'll find out which one. We've got. Uh, Professors Dr. Eileen and Mike Burson here from the University of South Florida in magnificent Tampa, okay, we're going to, who developed the program with us, and we're going to have a nice conversation about it. Please see what we do at our American Consortium for Equity and Education over at ace-ed.org. Everything's free over there. We have our Equity Awards program that's running right now. Check it out. All the podcasts are over there. The magazine, Equity and Access, our online journal is over there. So please check it out. As I say, everything's free over at ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on my three guests. Okay, hold on. There we go. I'll check it in there. Good morning, Bert, first of all. Hi, Bert. Good morning, Larry. Larry. Great, great to be back with you. Nice to have you back on a foggy day here in upper New England, right? Get yeah, it in? sure is. Yeah, yeah it's rainy, it's, uh, it's rainy and foggy here in Maine today. Okay, and uh, yep. I have a feeling you're going to get a little, you're going to get wetter than we are. I think and a little cold today, but it's great to have you back here. Thank you for being here. Yep. Okay. Cool. And uh, the 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 Bursons, the doctor and Doctor Burson. We'll start with Eileen. Ladies first. Hi, Eileen. It's Larry Jacobs here. Call me Larry. Hi, Larry. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. My pleasure. Are you kidding me? And uh, I assume that's your husband and not your son or brother over there. Am I correct, Michael? That is my husband, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, could be. Hi, Mike. Hi, Larry. Thank you for having us on today. It is beautiful here in sunny Tampa, Florida. So I uh, will try to send you a little sunshine your way. Thank you, yeah. and you know, we would appreciate it. Although I have to tell you, yesterday was almost 50 up here in Maine. I'm in southern Maine. But it's supposed to be in the high 40s or low 50s for the after after tomorrow we're getting a little cold front, which is absolutely astounding up here for this time of year. Okay, are you guys yep. are you guys native Floridians or are you are you from up here like everybody else in Florida? Well, we, yeah, we've lived down in Florida for for quite some time. We uh, grew up in upstate New York and then uh, worked our way down to Florida. But we love Maine. I'll tell you that we, we really you. enjoy going to Maine. From the entire state of Maine, which I fully represent, I thank you. Okay, it is a great place. Just not usually in February and March, but it's really great. <laughs> right, right. Most people have to, and most people have terrific memories of of it. And I want to get into this. And Eileen, you're a professor of early childhood education, right, at the University of South Florida. 
right? That is correct, yes. That's wonderful. And I just want to always ask this because we're talking with a lot of people. Are, do we have enough people, in, and I'll use your program as an example, are there enough people going into early childhood education to fill some of the, the shortages we have? What's your theory on that? Yeah, we, well, we always could use more wonderful people who are dedicated to making sure that our young children have amazing, high-quality educational experiences. I mean, we're fortunate that we have a really vibrant program down here. But um, there's still needs in classrooms. So anybody who sees themselves as kind of having something to offer in that opportunity, there's definitely uh, job security in that space. So yeah, well, that's for we'd sure. love to get more, even more people. <laughs> that's for sure. And I hope we do. We need it. And Mike, Dr. Burson, I see here you're a professor of social science and elementary that's education. Right. And I was a social studies teacher for a number of years. Is that what we mean when you say social science? Or are you like a sociologist on top of an elementary ed professor? What's it mean? So that's, yeah, so that's what our program is. And you are a kindred spirit as a social studies teacher. <laughs> that's what we're doing. We are training in my, in what one of the areas that I work in is preparing K through six elementary social studies educators. So oh, in the elementary program, it's integrated curriculum. And so we're really trying to elevate the social studies. So you're, you're a person after my own heart as a social. There you go. Educator. I taught for, taught for a number of years, etc. Still have a great interest in social studies. And uh, back when I was teaching, I will now age myself. Nobody thought to teach an elementary school teacher to, to uh, separate the subjects, like to be a specialist in social studies. You were just an elementary teacher. Okay, and so I'm glad you. I'm a 2,000 years old, by the way. So it's 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 a long time. It's a long time. I'm glad they're doing that, etc. It's really important. And now let's swing over to Bert. And I want to get to Bert early today because I say it's uh, his last name is Snow. Okay, and it's uh, 50 degrees after tomorrow. I'm concerned you'll melt away, Bert. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. Um, no. Okay. And good. I, I'm missing. I'm missing the snow that was up a joke, here, though. By the way. That was Joke. I know, I know. Yeah, you know, usually Eileen, Eileen, that was the, a joke. Eileen, Mike, that was a joke. We got it. So, yes. Okay, good. good. Yeah. So not that I'm pushing, but uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the the Tell car the, the van that my family the, the the van that my family drove us around in when we were kids was always known as the snowmobile. There and, you go. Uh, and the jokes just the jokes just started there. Um, yeah. So yeah. So. Just, you know, to kind of jump into Kid Citizen, I mean, really, um, Michael and Eileen uh, get a lot of credit because really what you're talking to in, in the trio of us is you're talking to a veteran educational game designer. That's me. Yep. You know, and as you've just said, you know, uh, um, you know, a Ph.D. in early childhood education and yep. an elementary social studies education. Yep. And really, those three perspectives um, are what, in, in a lot of ways, sort of gave birth to Kid Citizen. And really, I want to pass the ball to Michael, because okay. Michael and I had met through work on an earlier um, uh, history, basically history learning game that, um, that I had been working on. And uh, so he, had, he knew me, and he... Uh, you know, the Library of Congress had a competition, and Michael had the crazy idea to call me up. So I want to pass the ball to Michael here. <laughs> I don't think it was so crazy. 
right? And the no. only thing I do with this, no. and, and we won't make fun of your last name, which is Snow, anymore. I would suggest you change it to Snow. Has anybody thought about that? Bert Snow? No. No? No. no. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, so, Thank you, buddy. so just, Larry, as a follow-up to that, you know, it was really a, a fortuitous opportunity to have met Bert because one of the things we were thinking about as, as Eileen works in the early childhood space and I work in elementary and social studies is that yeah. there are, you really have to look hard to find high-quality materials for young children yeah. that honors their sense of knowing. You know, a lot of times people look nice. at young children because of their size, because of – you know, their, 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 their place in the world. And they say, well, can they really do this? Can they tackle really challenging history and, yeah. and work with it? And the three of us got together and submitted a project to the Library of Congress. And we wanted to honor the knowledge base of children. And historians, you know, and you as a former social studies teacher, yep. know that historians don't just go to a textbook and read and, and then understand the world. They delve in and look at primary sources and artifacts to make meaning right. of things. So we wanted to really honor that in the design of this, you know, and sometimes we use the term game, digital interactive, but it's a way that children can engage and involve themselves with so many artifacts out there in the Library of Congress, vast connection, collection that would connect to their sense of, of, of well-being, their sense of space, your sense of understanding from a developmental perspective. Yeah. You know, Mike, and you, and I, I find, I'm going to say, I, I find something interesting, really interesting with this. Okay. By the way, everybody, I have it connected, but it's kidscitizen.net. Uh, you know, what you just said is an interest. It just struck me something really interesting because years ago I read a science fiction story called Mimsy Where the Boar Groves about a, a toolkit from the future that's tested and sent back in time to our time. And all the adults look at it, think it's junk, but kids grab it. And the next thing you know, they're building a flying saucer. Okay. And my point of that is that kids see things that adults don't see. And they see that. And you're talking about primary documents or they hear it differently because their minds aren't set. Okay. And when you open up the world to a kid, They'll see things differently than you will. And eventually, and unfortunately, in many cases, we train kids just to st step in line and not think the way they were as children. But I think what you're doing with primary sources for young kids, okay, is really, really important, okay? And they're going to see things and understand things, just like you were saying. If it's explained easily to them, they will get it and start to build on their own. Am I, am I, am I off the charts here? I'm going to go to Mike here. Mike, am I off the charts? No, not at all. That's exactly what we were thinking. You know, when we talk about primary sources, we're talking about photographs and film and music. And you're absolutely right. You're spot on when you say that children see things differently. But if we don't give them that opportunity to exactly. engage with these amazing resources, they'll never have the opportunity to see it. Right, you're darn right. And, you know, so when a teacher goes there, it's K-5. Or is it actually early child? Is it pre-K-5? Eileen, where is it? Where does it sit? Pre-K? K? So, well, where does it sit? Yeah, so early childhood actually does start in, in those pre-K years. Kid Citizen, um, most of the resources that we've done, we've crosswalked with curriculum for kindergarten through fifth grade, but we already know teachers in preschool classrooms who are using the resources. 
So um, <laughs> teachers are very innovative Amazing. and creative. So um, <laughs> it has been brought into preschool as well. And I'm going to stay with me for a second. You've done this for a while now. Okay. When kids see you, the primary source, and everybody go to kidscitizen.net, and you'll see all the wonderful lesson plans and all that stuff that they have over there. Okay. You've had feedback. What are kids seeing that adults are, Eileen, kids seeing that adults aren't seeing? If you have any examples of that or whatever pops into your mind as I suggest that. Anything? Well, you know, I think, yes, absolutely. I think it's just children's excitement to be given space and place to wonder. And, you know, like you were talking about, children have this inherent curiosity about the world. If anyone spends any time with a two- or three-year-old, right, you're just sort of barraged with questions of why and how come and what is that. And, And so they have this innate sort of wondering about the things that they see around them. And the way Kids Citizen specifically has been designed is to take some components and the selection of primary sources that have elements that have something familiar to children so they can at least connect their funds of knowledge. But then there's these mysterious elements like that doesn't look like the cars I see in my, you know, neighborhood or those (laughs) people are dressing the way I dress. And so then they start asking questions and they, that, those kinds of questions propel them to want to know more. And that sort of seeking then additional you know, answers to questions is really part of the underlying framework of how this is designed. And how do you teach teachers? And I don't know which one. I'm throwing this out to the persons. Okay, either one of you, both of you can answer. How do you teach teachers to work with this kind of stuff? Okay, because well, I have a feeling not a lot of them are trained that well to teach social studies. Okay, to elementary kids using primary sources. I have a feeling that's not a big part of any. Ed school's curriculum, and this is a wonderful way to get this in because we got to start. We're having citizenship problems in this country. I don't think I have to tell anybody that, okay? And, uh, you know, we got to get kids on track, understand what our government is, what our country is, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Uh, how, do we get to, how, do you, how do you get the teachers working with it, okay? And I'm throwing that out to the person. Either one of them or both can answer. Sure. I'll jump in first, and then maybe Eileen can add. The, sure. One of the things that we're doing is we're really trying to instill that into our curriculum at the university level. Good. And there's a whole community actually across the United States of, of professors, teachers, librarians who are working with primary sources, a network of teachers in, in, in all of these different spaces, trying to elevate the introduction of primary sources because it does – you're spot on, Larry, when you say – you know, it does take some work, and working with primary sources doesn't come naturally. It doesn't, you know, you, you have to really think and sure. slow down children's looking because it's so easy to look at a picture and move on, or it's easy to listen to a song and then move on. But how do we really take some time to look at it, to understand that picture, to think about it from different perspectives? And those are skills that we're trying to instill in our pre-service teachers as well as our in-service teachers who are out there in the field. Mm. You know, you and just wait, said, Mike, things, wait, I, I just want to I, say one thing, Eileen, yeah, if I may, ahead. before you get into this. I just want to say what you just said, and you used the words, we have to slow down, okay? And that's a key phrase, okay? Instead of racing through stuff, when we stop and think for a while, to give the kids a chance to think, we got to slow down. It's amazing what their minds and what teachers' minds will, will conjure, conjure up 
from there. And Eileen, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. Please go ahead. No, 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 absolutely. I'm glad you sort of highlighted that. You know, one of the things that we were also really intentional about in designing Kid Citizen is we recognize that, as you noted, many elementary teachers with all of their strengths and the assets that they bring into the classroom, yes, um, kind of knowledge of history may not be one of those areas that they have even strong familiarity with or, or certainly not familiarity with how to utilize or find appropriate kinds of primary sources. So Kid Citizen fills in that gap for them. So the interactive nature of the episodes are designed to introduce both the teachers and the children in the classroom. And so even what are we talking about when we're saying something's a primary source? So we introduce those disciplinary yeah. specific vocabulary words. We give teachers through the episodes sort of basically an exemplar of scaffolded inquiry-based learning using these historical resources. And so as children go through these interactive episodes, one of the things we oftentimes suggest or recommend is that teachers do it in the first introduction as part of a whole class or maybe even a small group learning experience. Not, it's not intended for children to be in isolation, sitting with headphones mm. by themselves at a laptop. It's really meant to That's be a conversation space because, again, the authentic way that historians actually make meaning, different opinions, different lenses, that things that people might see yep. or notice. Yep. And that enriches the experience. This isn't supposed to be, like I said, an isolated, like, sort of replacement for a worksheet. This is really supposed to be a conversation space to explore historical resources. It never was like that when I went to school. We just had the textbooks, and that's what you memorized, and that's not good because it's only one point of view. Okay? Mm -hmm. And when you, yeah, it, that, that, it, it's so key, and it was never there when I was in school, believe me. Okay, especially when I was a young kid. What is the feedback you're hearing back from teachers? And Bert, Bert's a great the, the game designer, okay, and, and interactive planning designer and learning designer, et cetera. Okay, so you have this. Okay, what are you hearing back from educators? How long, by the way, I forgot to ask, how long has it been around? Bert, yeah, so, so we, we, uh, we started building it in 2016, and really it was first, um, available to educators um, sort of at the beginning of 2018, late 2017, oh, okay. beginning of 2018. So quite a few years. And before answering your question, I realized we haven't really described how the Kid Citizen episodes in tech work. So it'll, it might help do to it. do that first. Please do. So, so you know, so it works. Um, the episodes work on screens and, and they work across all devices, you know, PCs, Macs, um, you know, Chromebooks, tablets, and so forth. And um, you know, as, as Michael and Eileen have been saying, we really are putting the exploration in children's hands, and it's, it's, but it's also scaffolded and guided. So, we're, so, so, you know, photographs or parts of photographs appear, and there is a character, sort of a, a, a helper buddy character named Ella who asks a lot of questions and then responds oh, to, okay. you know, ask the, ask the children to, you know, to find things to explore, you know, find an article. Here's a book group of children. Find an article of clothing that all the children are wearing, right? And then, and then the children are, are tapping and on the photograph as they explore. <laughs> and, then, and then Ella 
response to what they do, right? And it isn't right and wrong. We're, not, we're, we're never looking for right and wrong. We're just responding to the child's exploration and, and using what we know about what they did to sort of guide what, you know, to guide them further or give them interesting responses um, to what they do. And um, so that's, you know, essentially what's going on. And there's, there, you know, there's obviously a whole pedagogy behind it. And although I am, I know I am a game designer, you would never look at this and think it's a game, right? There's no score. There's no winning. There's no losing. There's not right. There's not right and wrong. And there's also not flashy animation, right? Because because we we really are aiming to put, you know, to put these amazing, you know, hundred year old or fifty year old these amazing historical photos in front of the children and really let it, letting the children investigate those without without getting in the way. So that and and there are you know we have I think a dozen episodes now um, all available on kidscitizen.net and uh, it's all free to teachers and students with support from the Library of Congress and everything can just be accessed right there on the website and there's no sign in there's no information yeah, required cool. it just it just runs so so that's kind of what it is and um that's great in in terms of 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 teacher responses you know it kind of comes around to some of the things that um that Michael and Eileen have 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 said he one is you know, I'm at a poster session at, you know, NCSS and, uh, you know, and invariably a teacher will come up to me and say, oh, my goodness, we so much need things like this for young yep. children in social studies. Yep. I'm telling kind of my friends. Um, so there's that. And then the other the other thing will be a teacher coming up who will be saying, oh, yeah, I, I love Kid Citizen. I use it in my classes. <laughs> you know, one 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 thing I heard was I you know I didn't really feel like I understood inquiry based learning but through Kid Citizen you know I, wow. I can see how nice. how these episodes sort of model how it works nice. Nice. and and so that that was really helpful and um, a third one is that this is just my experience you know I'm not a teacher uh, teacher educators coming up to me and saying I'm using this in my curriculum to teach teachers because it does such a good job of, of, of just showing how you can work with primary sources. So, and, and, and that's, wonderful. that's, I mean, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Who, that's great. And, and I, I'll tell you, I wish, I wish I had more stories from teachers. One of the other things that we don't do is we don't gather any information, right? We don't, we don't require your name. We don't require you to sign in. Um, you can just use Kid Citizen, and, and uh, which which is great. It makes it easy to use. It also means that well, yeah. I don't get well, to talk a, to all the teachers who are using area. it. You should have a feedback area if people just want to respond. That's up to That's them. That's a good idea. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's that simple. And by so, the way, yeah. I didn't just describe you as a game designer. I described you as a learning designer. That's what you are. Well, there you go. Well, thank there you. There you go. Um, You're welcome. So, uh, by so the way, I see that. I want to say one other thing. There's, th I'm looking at the website. There are kidscitizen.net. There are three Spanish language episodes that are available now. You're working with the University of Puerto Rico, and um, are you going to do more in Spanish? We are. Yeah, we've, we're working Good. on several other ones now. Yep. Good. 
Excellent. I got to tell you, and you know, I'll tell you something. There's a lot of diversity here. I'm looking at the, just the pictures on the front homepage of the website. There's so many people of color, uh, people who are Asian, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. It's just a lot of um You can see it's diverse and representative of the whole country. And I think it's really, really important for everybody to see. Okay. It's just amazing. And I, I, I'll ask my humorous question at the beginning. Is there any hope that this will help Congress? Uh, Michael, will this help Congress to stop acting like children? What do you think? Let's hope yes. so. Um, yeah. You know, one, one, one of the episodes is actually this might be a little, called... This might be a little upper grade for them, K-5. We might have to go back earlier to fetal education or something to uh, yeah. get, get them yeah, to work. Yeah, I'm saying it. You don't have to agree. I'm just saying it, you know. We, we do have me. an episode that's called Welcome to Congress that kind yeah. of gives young children an introduction <laughs> about, like, kind of how Congress, yes, I does. guess, at least theoretically, is supposed to kind of work in the way of, like, a community, right? Identifying yeah. problems, trying to figure out ways to solve them. So, so you know, I, I don't know if the impact in the immediate context, but, you know, maybe longitudinally, if we give this, right, 20 years, let these children <laughs> sort of grow up, grow up and, uh, yeah. and it's, maybe it's, become it's, our next representatives. We might have um, the opportunity for that to have some effect. <laughs> and I don't know where you guys got the idea for this, but I, I, when I first read it, I thought it was MLK for like Martin Luther King. Okay. But then I saw it's Congress and Milk, M-I-L-K. Okay. And the, this, is, this is great. The, the subtitle, How Does Congress Affect children's daily life at school okay which i think is really cool and it's fun to do because i used to hate my nauseating warm plastic container of 1950s milk which i think the cow died in 1938 okay which is where they got that milk okay and um i still remember getting yelled at for spilling out my milk in the teacher's wastebasket because i couldn't stand it okay but let's talk about milk how did when you you have the Library of Congress. They have every picture in the universe. Okay, they have pictures that haven't been taken yet. How do you decide where to where to go with these things? I'm going to ask my two professors. Okay, you got sure. You've got so much stuff in the Library of Congress. How Congress and milk? Congress and milk. How'd you come up with that? Somebody. Yeah, milk. and, and you, yeah, the the Library of Congress is amazing. I mean, their digital space is amazing. We in our house sometimes get lost just going in and exploring different topics. And you know, one of the areas that we really tried to focus on is a connection to children. Because if you think about Congress and Washington, D.C., it's so far away. I'm living in like, say, Omaha, Nebraska, Tampa, Florida. You know, that's far away from me. And if I'm fourth grader, it seems remote. But as you said, Larry, you remember I mean, as an adult, having that milk in school. So we started looking at ways in which we could connect children to what's maybe happening in Washington, D.C., because it impacts their everyday life. And I still remember in school as an adult getting my milk and, you know, in the tray (laughs) and going through the lunch line. And and, but where did that come from? You know, like who decided that we have milk in school? You know, why not orange juice in every you know, in every classroom and things like that. So by exploring and finding an image, and we have a wonderful collaborative team that we work with at the Library of Congress who helps us once we find images to make sure that, you know, we 
get get access to those images and finding the correct um, connections is just part of the really exciting fun for us as researchers and educators is when Bert and Eileen and I sit around and one discussion leads to another. And have you seen this picture? A cow being milked on Capitol Hill. You know, and then we start, why is that cow there? And, you know, it leads yeah. down a whole, a whole chain of, of discussions, and we want to know more. And that's what we're hoping to build in children, is why in the world is there a cow on Capitol Hill, you know, in, in, this, in this episode in particular? That's but a, that, but it also that, then connected yeah. into um, contemporary conversations because at the same time we were working on that, there was debate and conversation going on in Congress about exactly what is milk, right? Does almond milk huh. count? Does, you know, like there's all of these different sort of iterations of what we kind of consider now milk. And so <laughs> what is even milk? And they were talking about legislating how do we define milk? And what counts as wow. milk in school? Wow. So it, it it has a contemporary relevance, even though it's very much situated in a historical context. That is great, and just the idea that just not oh they're all not just milk anymore. You go, I just realized that as you said that, Eileen. You go to the supermarket, the milk thing. It's not just milk. There's fourteen thousand kinds of milk. Okay, it's, it's right. like the library. It's like the library of milk. Okay, there's like ten thousand <laughs> things in there. Okay, yeah. and you got to figure out which is it. It's just really fascinating. I'm so glad you did this because it's so important to get not only to get kids to understand our government and and really build that up, but but also just to get kids thinking this way. Okay, and I always like to say this: KidsCitizen.net is is free for everybody. Okay, and we always talk about under resourced schools. There's that wonderful TV show called Abbott Elementary about an under resourced school and in the comedy, the sitcom about an under-resourced school in Philadelphia, an elementary school. But there's all this stuff, okay, that teachers can tap into, all right? And it's, it's just so important to remember that all this is available to them. It's all free, and it's all great stuff for learning. I just think it's really important what you're doing. Thank you for being here. To the three of you, to the three of you, thank you, Bert, for bringing, working with these great people. Well, thank you. It's 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 great to have a chance to sort of get the word out. This is how it's spread, and yeah. And I do need to say, you know, Kid Citizen episodes are being are being played by by you know many thousands of children every year all over it's the great. country. So we're, we're we're very grateful for that. It's just great, and we want millions more, not thousands more. Eileen, Michael, thank you. Enjoy that gorgeous weather. Think of us when you're at the pool today, okay? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank so you Larry. Much. Okay, thanks, guys. You take care. Much appreciated All right. for everything you do. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. Okay, everybody. Great people. You know, and such great people always involved in education. At any rate. You know, uh, Mike and Eileen teach University of uh, Burson, teach at University of South Florida in Tampa, and Bert Snow, okay, who rode around in the snowmobile for many years. Okay, Bert Snow and Company, which produces Kids Citizen Project for the Library of Congress, and he's a learning designer, game designer, whatever you want to say. He's also working on the music of us, music of the United States, which is a great project, also with the Library of Congress. Please check it all out, okay? Uh, thank you for listening. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. See what we do over at ace-ed.org. And thanks for listening. Have a great day. And happy tomorrow. Leave your day. <laughs>